Drink, 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 drink. Eat drinks, bitch. Quit. Seriously, get that shit out. Seriously, stop. (laughs) (laughs) For real, man. Hold on. I'm 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 going to get out. Rachel, I'm going to exit out of this shit. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not playing for real, man. Quit. Quit for real, man. Like. I'm gonna get off the. I'm gonna get off the Zoom. I'm not playing. Stop. Stop. Stop it for real. It's worse with the hat off. Yo, 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 thought warriors. What is up? Hopefully, I can get my my bearings to actually do the podcast today. What's wrong? You know, you come on the podcast and you share, you share with people about your hopes and dreams and your fears. And I told you guys several times over. <laughs> That I'm afraid of Freddy Krueger. And I remain afraid of him. You know what the funny thing is? A couple of nights ago, I tried to face fears again. I tried to watch it. It's hard. Why would you do that to yourself, though? Why do that? Because people keep asking, like, that I shouldn't. I'm 41. I shouldn't be afraid of Freddy Krueger. And then I get on the podcast today. <clears throat> and it's even weird because, you know, Rachel... My my computer came up, then it shut down, and then Rachel was gone when I came back, and all of a sudden, fucking Freddy Krueger is with the hat and all. She still got the she still got the sweater on. Even the sweater <laughs> is triggering me a little bit. Is that your Halloween costume? Uh, no, just this. That was that was for you. I'm I'm gonna wear it to work tomorrow, but that's all for you. It worked. By the way, you, they won't see this because I don't know if Trudy and Donnie were recording the Zoom, but I attempted to thug it out. Like for like the first five or ten seconds, I was just trying to like look at it, but then I like I couldn't figure out how to <laughs> disable your Zoom screen. So I just had, well, just to make you go away. So I put my hand up to the computer <laughs> so I couldn't see it. And Rachel, wow, wow, you it got was me, recording. Rachel. Everybody was in on it. Oh, <laughs> everybody knew. Wow! The whole thing was recording. Wow! I we're gotta say we're bravo. Family here. I gotta yeah. say bravo because I tried. I tried not to let it bother I me, was but like, then wow, he's not even affected. No, hell and no. Then you started acting weird because I started because <laughs> the, the face started moving around and it became like <laughs> Freddie was animated. I'm like, he's gonna say, "Hey, Van," or something weird, and. And I, I then, then I was embarrassed that I couldn't handle it. You couldn't speak. My mind scrambled. <laughs> Are you sweating? What's yes, I was scared, man. Like, you, <laughs> like I started, and then I was like, "Yo, man, this is embarrassing." Like, but whatever, it's good. It's good. What are you afraid of, Rachel? Tell it's me now. More sca- it's more scary when I take the hat off, right? When it's just the bald head. Always has been. Right, that the hat humanizes Freddie. <laughs> <I should. laughs> um, I'm scared of birds, mm. like pretty much anything that can fly fly after me. Um, not a huge fan of clowns, but I can tolerate them. Yeah, I say I'd say birds. You ever see like a magpie? You know that bird? It swoops down at you. Has that ever happened to you? I in Miami, the birds attack you. They the attacked birds co- attack they, attack, they attack. They would attack copper's tail. 
mm-hmm. like especially if it was nesting season, or they would zoom down and like hit you. So maybe that was the magpie. Maybe there's a magpie swooping in. And what happens when that happens? I don't like that. I'm going to be honest with you. I, if that means you're scared of birds, not one of birds to swoop down and attack you, then I'm scared of birds too. Well, I've had that happen. I've been pooped on. And um, I had a bird like swoop down a seagull and steal the link out of my hot dog and fly away. So it's like, I've had a lot of traumatizing. You're lying. That never happened. What? <laughs> you, think, you think I'm lying? What? You think I'm lying? Steal the link out of your hot dog? You think I'm lying? <laughs> you think I'm lying? <laughs> yeah, I like this. Get somebody on the phone. Who is this? Who are we calling? Send me a voicemail. It's Chris Harrison. <laughs> of all people. Of all people. Now, that was the judge. He loves to tell the story. He said he hit me with the automated response. Sorry, I can't talk now. Oh, he's probably... <laughs> He's probably he's doing. Trial. I think he's in trial, the, actually. What, 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 <laughs> that would have been crazy if he'd have picked up the phone. <laughs> I'm like, tell a story about the time I was in South Padre Island. I'm. This really happened. Mm-hmm. And the bird swooped in and took your the hot dog link Left out of your hot bread, dog. Left the bread, took the link. Well, the bird needs some protein. I'm still traumatized. I'm telling you, I've a lot of traumatized. That would traumatize you though. How old were you when that happened? Like seven or eight. Oh hell no! Nah. Yeah, I uh, I was chased by a wild wild turkey around that age. I'm sorry. What? It's not that I don't know what a wild turkey mm-hmm. is. It's wild just turkey. more of like, were they running around Baton Rouge like that? Were you in Zachary? I was in Maringouin, where my great grandfather lived, and uh, I was playing around in his woods. And all of a sudden, what looked like to me a demon. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> they do know they are uh, freaky. <laughs> he charged me, and I freaked. And I ran back to the porch where my dad and Big Papa were sitting, and I told them that there was a monster in the woods. <laughs> my dad said, "You know, get your monster ass in there. Sit down. Sit your ass down somewhere. We didn't even know where you was. By the way, nobody was looking for me. They were just like, <laughs> where's six year old Van? Uh, but I didn't even realize at that point that it was a turkey till later on, to where I was in the woods and I saw a wild turkey, and I was like, shit, that's so the it thing. Was a monster for the longest to you." For a long time, a demon. For a long time, I couldn't put my finger on it. I wasn't sure what I saw. <laughs> you thought you made it up. <laughs> I knew that it happened, but I'm like, yo. And then I was like, oh, because it gobbled. It gobbled aggressively. Okay. It yeah. was an aggressive gobble. They move fast. They do. Like if you've never seen a wild turkey, it is. It's that's jarring. You want to mm-hmm. talk about Freddy? That's jarring. Nah. Fuck that wild turkey. Freddie Freddy got his fucking skin burned off his face, yet he still came back to society. Think about that. Freddie got... St- Rachel, chill. Seriously, though. We're not going to be able to do the podcast. Don't, no claws. Freddie came back from the dead to kill children in their sleep. What's more terrifying? I'm serious, man. Well, see, that if I had seen it as a child, I would be different. But you have to realize, remember, I was shielded from all that. So I saw him as an adult. So Freddie's actually funny to me. You go back and you watch Nightmare on Elm Street. Freddie has a bit of a, he's a sense of humor. Uh, he's very funny. He's like, he's, he's funny. But then it always ends up, the humor goes bad. Because you end up dead in your sleep. You know what? I had a weird dream last night. Uh-huh. Shout out to Steve Allman, who is the producer of The Ringerverse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had a dream last night that we were all, you were there too in the dream. Oh. 
we were all in one like so a couple of years ago they had the revolt music conference at the music box downtown in la so i guess that's what it's called yeah i went there to interview diddy Oh, okay. Okay. So do you remember the bottom area down yeah. at the bottom? Okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's where we were, but it was okay. bigger. It was like a big thing, but that's where Very we were. specific, but okay. Yeah. Like the layout was there and there were zombies everywhere and the zombies, like legit zombies, the zombies were coming at us, but we were mm-hmm. cool as long as we were in the music box here. Okay. They couldn't get to us. And... Uh, you know, the zombies were coming and I had to leave out to go get something, mm-hmm. but I needed a shotgun to fight off the zombies. And I was asking Steve to pass me a shotgun through the window and you and Steve were laughing and wouldn't give me the shotgun. <gasps> we were just going to let you go. No, that's not what happened. So this is what happened. <laughs> Some kind of way you guys were laughing because I thought that it was still zombie time, but the zombies had turned back to regular people and I was so scared that and you guys were laughing at me. I was very upset in this dream. But when I looked around, the zombies weren't zombies, they were regular people. And then so you guys we were saved, laughing. We basically saved you from trying to kill regular people. I guess, or maybe they would have been zombies had I got the shotgun. I don't know. I don't know what the dream means. But it was you, Steve, and it was a couple people from TMZ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just happy I survived because I thought you were about to kill me off in your dreams and no. zombies got to me or something like that. Never happened. Never happened. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A- S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. I think you'd be pretty good in the zombie apocalypse. I think I you'd like be pretty resourceful. I, I think I like to think I would be too. Why? What are your traits that would make you good in a zombie apocalypse? I'm scrappy. Mm, true. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm scrappy. I, I'm persistent. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm resilient. I have endurance. Competitive. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Plus the zombies don't want to get canceled. And if they say the wrong thing to you, they might. <laughs> if you haven't thought about what you would do if that really happened, like if y'all are listening, thought warriors, and you've never thought about what you would do if zombies took over the world, you're going to be the first to go. Everybody should be thinking about that. What would you do? What would you do? <laughs> I, do I think about it all the time. I would get in the car. First of all, I get in the car. I'll try to stay moving. 
Now, it depends because it's probably going to be a lot of cars on the road and stuff like that. But I, you definitely want to stay moving. You don't want to stay one place for too long. You stay one place for too long. And you got to get out the city. You got to get out the city. It depends on what kind of zombies. Okay. Like, which zombies are we talking? Are we talking about Walking Dead I think zombies? Walking Dead zombies, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'll be fucking over them niggas left and right. I don't understand. It's it's like, I, I'll, I'll be fucking over them niggas, man. I'll be Why? Real because they make it look easy. You know what I thought about Walking Dead? You never see them by the water. Huh. Zombies are ne- zombies are never by the water. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't well, I, and I have and I haven't <sighs> fi- I haven't I haven't done the last two seasons, but I don't recall zombies being by the water. I I gave up on Walking Dead literally like five or six years ago. Like I can't do like you. It's it's <laughs> not was fucking, happening. <laughs> no, it's not that nothing was happening. It's just that yo man, I just can't watch a show where shit just continuously gets worse. Like they, <laughs> you know, they build a community, and then what happens? Somebody comes along and fucks the community up. It's just, it's just things just continuously but get worse. It's better than that because it's not always zombies, right? It's, it's us tearing things apart. It's power. Mm-hmm. It's pride. It's survival. It's you got to look at it like that. So you got to the governor, right? Oh, I got past the governor. Okay. I got past the governor. I got to, I got to Negan era. Oh, you made it far. Far, yeah. That's yeah, more than that's that's closer than five or six years ago. Five or six years. That, that's not well. Maybe maybe you're right. Yeah, I got past yeah, the if governor. You got to Negan. I got past. I got into Negan area where uh, what's his face was making bullets for Negan and all of that stuff. I got past the yeah. Negan, but not. I never got to the point to where Negan and uh, Rick were like pals, or Negan was fucking Rick had Negan imprisoned or something i never got to that part so um look so now that i've been scared let's talk about something that's not so scary something that's actually a bit of good news uh the appeals court the 10th circuit court of appeals has temporarily temporarily blocked oklahoma from executing death row inmates julius jones and john grant we gave you the story of julius jones i think it was last week on the podcast uh he was scheduled to be executed November 18th, but they have blocked the execution right now. The governor, who is Kevin Stilt, Stitt, said he would not decide on Jones's case until after his clemency hearing. He has an upcoming clemency hearing, and during that hearing, um, the governor will decide what to do. So not completely out of the woods yet, but things look good right now for Julius Jones. And it was a really incredible turn of events that this, that this happened. Am I missing something? What are you missing? It's obvious. Yes. It's incredible that they stay the execution because I can't even imagine knowing that in less than a month you're and And as we had the Reverend on here talking about it, preparing for his last meal, his last days, all of that, knowing that death is around the corner and then all of a sudden it's not. But what I guess concerned me is that it stayed not because they've necessarily listened to new evidence or heard new testimony. It stayed because, quote, um, they have to, the federal until the federal district court addresses the credible expert criticism that's identified in Oklahoma's execution procedures. So it's a procedural issue, which means like it's, I I guess I wanted to hear that, you know, they're considering new evidence or, you know what I mean? Like some of the things that we discussed when we talked to his family and we had the pastor on. Um, So I'm, I'm still a little nervous because the clemency hearing is going to be 
you know, Julius will be testifying, family members will be testifying, but then they'll also hear from the other side as well, you know, from the victim's family and, um, and they'll hear from the attorneys on both sides. So, you know, not definitely not out of the woodworks, but I get, I'm happy that it stayed, but I'm still like concerned because there's so much that still needs to be done before we can say he will not be executed on death row. So yeah, don't stop you guys. So there are a couple of motivations here that people should be uh, aware of this governor, Kevin Stitt, Stitt, Kevin Stitt. I don't like it. I don't like the name Stitt. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Mr. Stitt. Uh, (laughs) This guy wants to be the president. And so this is an interesting political situation for him. Uh, Either he goes to try to get votes, having killed somebody um, on death row, you know, having made that decision and not stepped in once someone is killed, or he grants clemency and some in his party might look at him as soft on crime or he doesn't care about victims or whatever. I say that to say that the political angle of this case is going to be incredibly important because this gentleman, Mr. Stitt, is probably going to go as he feels like popular sentiment goes, right? So if he feels like there are enough people that could drum this up and use Julius Jones's case uh, in order to stop him from furthering his political um, ambitions, then he might be on the Jones's family side of this. If people get quiet and there is uh, no momentum, in this, he might think, ah, this is one I can get away with and not lose a base in Oklahoma or not get into a weird sort of situation with uh, with someone in a primary uh, X amount of years from now. And of course, all of this depends on whether or not Donald Trump runs. So um, what I'm saying is it's a, a brief moment for people to breathe out. But it doesn't mean that whatever we were doing before, uh, if you believe in the innocence of Julius Jones, that we should be doing it now to basically, you know. Still got to do it. Still got to do it. Yeah. Still got to do it. Absolutely. Still have to do it. All right. So I have a question for you. Uh Uh-oh. Can honesty be toxic? What are you being honest about? Yes, it could. Honesty can be toxic. This is the big question as it regards... Jada Pinkett Smith. I knew you were going to go there with that. Yeah. Yeah. So Jada Pinkett Smith on Will Table Dis. (laughs) (laughs) Know where you stand. (laughs) What'd you think about it? I guess I don't. I guess it's okay, man. I mean, it's her life, right? She's got her show. It's her platform. She wants to talk about what's going on in her life. But she went on Red Table Talk and talked about, she talked all right. She talked about what's going down or not going down in her and Will's sexual relationship. Um, she talked about the pitfall that she tries to ensure to, to try to avoid to ensure her and Will have a he- healthy sex life. She says, it's hard. I mean, the thing Will and I talk about a lot is the journey. We started in this at a very young age, you know, 22 years old. That's why I think the accountability part really hit hard for me, because I think you expect your partner to know your needs, especially when it comes to sex. It's like, well, if you love me, you should know. If you love me, you should read my mind. That is a huge pitfall. Twitter took this as Jada being somewhat critical of Will's dick work. Is it? Is it? It's so not that simple. Well, well, I I get it. Did you take it like that? 
No, I just, I didn't think it's so, I guess it's so simple minded to say, oh, you know, like he just ain't laying it down in the bedroom. What it sounds like, cause it's, cause sex isn't just that simple. It sounds like her sexual desires aren't being fulfilled and that can go beyond just the way his performance. It sounds like she's just bored in the entire relationship and I need her. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm with you on the whole dissing will thing. I just don't understand why y'all just don't leave each other. You're clearly not happy, Jada. You clearly are bored. You clearly want something else. We've seen you go after something else. Will has now, even with his book that's coming out, talked about how you guys have done other things and pursued other, sounds like other people in the relationship. And I guess my thing is, if even that's not fulfilling to you, the kids are grown. You're not satisfied. You don't seem happy. Why don't you just walk away from Will instead of using him as a talking point on Red Table Talk? I, that's how I feel at this point. Like she seems miserable. And the only way that this seems to benefit her are the headlines that she gets when she disses Will. Jesus Christ, Rach. <laughs> All right, so let's, uh, let's break this down. So the question was, can honesty be toxic? Because I said, I asked on my Twitter sphere, the old tweet, is Jada toxic? And people were like, she's being honest about the state of her relationship. She's being honest about her real life, which you would hope that people who have a mic would do. Is it toxic or wrong for her to talk about the specificities and the different angles of their lovemaking if she has a show where she talks about her entire life? Is that wrong? I don't know if it's wrong. I do know that at some point, it's starting to seem a little gratuitous, man. I'm starting to feel sorry for a guy who has like $400 million. And that's not, that's not the way, you know, it's like, Will, Will wakes up in the morning and after the August Alcina thing, and we should say this, had this come out, this exact sentiment come out, has she expressed mm -hmm. this on Red Table Talk, independent of the August Alcina thing, I don't think this sure. would have been such a big deal. Sure. Sure. I think when you put the 27 year old dick with the sometimes you got to be loud about the type of shit that you want, it looks worse. Am I crazy for thinking that? No. Well, it's it's August. It's then Will coming on Red Table Talk and him just looking distraught and disheveled and miserable. Then it's Will talking about their relationship in his book. Now it's Jada talking about it again. And it's like, all right. You know, enough. A lot of this is our fault. I don't even think that there's anything too crazy going on in the relationship between Will and Jada. Like, I just want everybody to know this. Hmm. Hmm. Relationships are messy. Relationships yes. are hard. Relationships yes. are work. Relationships are they're dirty. And they're beautiful and they're all of those things, of course, as well. But there's no such thing as relationship goals. Like no such thing as relationship goals. Your relationship goals should be completely defined by you and the partner that you have. Very true. And if you change partners, you should probably change goals, right? Because the, there's one specific person that's very unique. So 
When I think about people putting Will or even Barack and Michelle Obama or Jay-Z and Beyonce and saying relationship goals, you don't know what the fuck going on in them people's life. You thought Will and Jada had it good. Everybody was fucking who they wanted to fuck. Now, guess what Will is? Wondering what the whole world thinks about his dick work. What a tough place to be in. Tough place to be in. Do you have relationship goals? Do you do stuff like that? Like, is there a couple that you want to be like you and Brian? No, I'm I, no, no. I don't look at people and say relationship goals. I mean, maybe I've said it in, a, in talking and interviewing someone and laughed after it, but I don't. There's nobody. There's nobody that I'm like, man, I want to be just like them because nobody knows your relationship like you and the person that you're in it with. But you know, you don't know what goes on behind closed doors. I've seen countless people in this bachelor world that I'm in one day literally post. We're so happy. I want to spend the rest of my life with them. And the next day they're like, we've decided to go our separate ways. But like they have every day they're posting beautiful things and messages to each other. So you just don't know. It's all for show. But I, I don't know. I, I When it comes to Jada and Will and you talk about her being honest in her relationship, I guess I just have this mentality of when I growing up that you just don't let people all up in your business like that. You just don't tell people everything. And I don't, and, and you say you blame us, but at the same time, you telling us, you're, you're letting us in. You're giving, you're giving this out to the court of public opinion for people to have a reaction, which is why it has continuously been a talking point because you've seen the reaction that you've gotten. So I can't really say you blame us when you let us in. You well, keep telling us your business. True, but this is the way I look at that. The interest and curiosity into Jada and Will's relationship comes from the fact that people looked at it as the model Hollywood relationship. And there was all this talk that they did things in these non-conventional ways. Also, you guys have to remember, Jada and Will before this have made sort of a show about their family a little bit. You know, they went on Oprah. They talked about their parenting. They did, And I think that they are yeah. fantastic parents. And I think that they have... Obviously, I think that Jada and Will have the same issues that any other couple would have. No, of course. Well, maybe some new ones. <laughs> it could be right, you know, but- a couple of entanglements aside. But I think they have the same relationship okay. issues that anybody that would have been that long and got together that long that young would have. But I think the relationship now is being strained under the perception that they have found the white, the right way to do a Hollywood marriage. And I think that. Part of it is people wanting to see through that and see, okay, people in Hollywood are weird and fucked up and what do they do? And then part of it is it's just that because they're in the public eye, people are more interested and they have to share a little bit more in order to be interesting, especially for Jada and to a degree with Will because their movie careers aren't where they used to be. So she is making a living now talking and not acting. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. But this means that now there has to be speculation over Will's dick work. And that just demystifies him. She's breaking Will down. (laughs) She is. I'm not going to lie, man. I got to be honest. She's like, (laughs) Jada's breaking Will down a little bit here. It's got to be a little difficult to have the whole internet talking about your dick work. Of course. I will see. I didn't, I didn't follow what went on with Twitter, but I, I, Again, I think it's deeper than that, but sure, it's put, because here's the thing, the, the reason people are so fascinated with celebrities is because 
you, you see them on television or you're listening to them or you're seeing them in magazines or looking at them on billboards, but there's this mystery about them, right? There's a fantasy almost with them because you only know them as who they are on movies or in an interview or whatever. You don't know what goes on behind their closed doors. You don't know that they have issues just like you. It's only been as of recent that we've seen celebrities open up and talk about very real issues that we all go through rather than these figures, you know, that, that are, that seem so un, untouchable. And Jade is out here putting all of Will's business, both their business out there. And so it does kind of take away maybe the glamor, the mystique away from Will Smith because she's out here talking about what goes on in their bedroom. Well, also it gives Will a new opportunity. And that's why it's toxic. To bring it back to your question, to me that's why it's toxic. So you are, toxic. so you're saying that Jada Jada Pinkett Smith is toxic. If Will is okay with it cuz when it, when you're talking about your relationship, you're not just talking about yourself, mm -hmm. right? It'd be different if Jada was just telling us her business. But you're telling Will's business. If Will's okay with it, then it's not toxic. But if you're out here just having these conversations, Yes, if you're out here, just I need an answer from Rachel Lindsay. It's toxic. <laughs> I already gave my whole thing. Jade is doing this for clicks, for ratings. She's putting it out there. That's right. She don't go too far. She's not. She she gonna put it all out there. She got nothing else to give. She needs to stop. Yeah. Well, look. It, it's like, come on, man. That's Mike Lowry, bro. Come on, man. You can't do that. Mike to, that's Mike Lowry, bro. Leave Will the fuck alone. <laughs> Will got King Richard coming out. Can can just leave this nigga alone. That's Mike Lowry, man. That's the Fresh Prince. Like we don't we don't like we don't think about Will. We don't want to think about Will's dick work. That's the thing. It's not even we don't even we don't need the progress report of Will Smith's dick work. Like we don't like uh, that's that's Mike Lowry, man. God damn it. Oh, I got one more question for you. Are you guys, do you think that you and Brian are couple goals in Bachelor Nation? I think all, all you have to do to be couple goals in Bachelor Nation is to still be together. So, yes. So, of the couples that are still together. I think the bar is low in Bachelor Nation. Of the couples that are still together, you guys are, you guys are couple goals, you'd say. Who else is still together? Anyone? Nobody you know. Who? Oh, well, I guess, I mean, married or just together? Married. Juan Carlo, Tr Trista and Ryan, they would be, they would be Trista the couple goal. and Ryan. They're the couple, not me and Brian, Tristan. I mean, the, the goal is to stay together, but they've been together like 17 years. Um, two children, you know, step away from the spotlight. He's a firefighter. He's you know, a firefighter. Mm -hmm. Nigga got a noble ass job. The fuck? He got to be yeah. on The Bachelor as a firefighter? Or was it she, The Bachelor? She was the bachelorette, but my friend is engaged to a guy who was a firefighter and he was on the bachelorette. Hey, you, you should that's too noble of a job to go on the bachelor or the bachelorette. You shouldn't. What about being an attorney? Eh, come on. You guys got to get your hands dirty. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, guys got to get your hands dirty. Uh, okay, let's take a little break. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. 
This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. All right. Interesting decision in Wisconsin. Of course, we remember uh, the psychopath Kyle Rittenhouse. That's what I believe of him. I'm not talking about allegedly. You gotta be 17 to strap up that way and start shooting people. Absolutely. So apparently a judge in Wisconsin has uh, ruled that the individuals, the victims that are shot, that were shot by Kyle Rittenhouse cannot be referred to as victims. The word victim is a loaded, loaded word. And I think alleged victim is a cousin to it, said Judge Bruce Schrader on Monday. Defense attorneys may call them arsonists or looters. So victim is a loaded term. But arsonist and looter Completely benign. Fuck this country. Let the evidence show that what the evidence shows. And if the evidence shows that any more, any that any or more than one of these people engaged in arson, rioting, or looting, then I'm not going to tell the defense that they can't call them that. He added before what is expected to be a contentious trial starting next week. The writing is on the wall for call, for Kyle Rittenhouse, not only to be acquitted of everything he is charged with, but also to be made a folk hero by the Trump death cult. This news was absolutely enraging to me. How did you take it? You think the writing is on the wall that he's going to be acquitted? The writing is on the wall that he's get, that it seems to me that if if a judge rules in something like that, it seems as if it's being framed. Kyle Rittenhouse, and look, I'm not a legal eagle like yourself. Legal eagle, fly, fly. That's my new legal eagle thing. But I, but but I, like, I, but it seems to me that. A, the judge is framing Kyle Rittenhouse and really it, it instructing him to be framed as somebody who shot arsonists and looters and in dehumanizing those people, he seems a little bit more. So this is what I was confused by. Sure. And, and, um, and I'm trying to pull it, pull it up where the quote is that you were reading because it is typical in a like in a pretrial, and I don't do criminal in civil. And you ha- and you file these motions in limine, is what they're called, and you have you try to get certain things excluded before you go to trial. And it is typical to not want the word victim to be used. Oh. That that is normal. Like the attorney that's trying to get that removed will usually put that in their motion in limine. And it, it, that's civil. I don't know what it's called in criminal, but it is still disturbing though 
that they can't or that they're going to be able to use arsonists and stuff like that. The only thing that confused me was it says, let the evidence show what the evidence shows. And if the evidence shows that any or more of one of these people were engaged in arson, rioting or looting, that's what they are. Are you talking about the people that were murdered? Are, are, are they trying to refer to them as uh, I would assume so. Looting. I would assume so. So he's saying the evidence has to, they, the defense has to prove then that they were do engaged in those actual things before they can use those terms. Wait, I'm confused. That's why I took so it. defense. It says defense attorneys may, however, call them arsonists or looters. Let the evidence show what the evidence shows. And if the evidence shows that any more one of these people were engaged in arson, rioting, or looting, then I'm not going to tell defense they can't call them that. Fine. Sure. You're right. Um, I still have an issue with that because the arsonist and victim are not mutually exclusive. Rioter and victim are not mutually exclusive. Looter and victim are not mutually exclusive. Is the penalty for looting death? I don't think so. So if the penalty for looting isn't death and you get shot to death while you are looting, then how are you not the victim of murder or manslaughter or whatever? Now, I could see if they were saying that someone who was attempting to attack Kyle Rittenhouse or coming at Kyle Rittenhouse shouldn't be called a victim because then you're an aggressor that got killed. But in this particular instance, I don't understand how we're only seeking to prove the most negative aspect of who these people were. By the way, we're talking about rioters and looters and things of that. If you weren't taking anything and you were just on the street, I don't necessarily call that a riot. I but that's my thing. That's the that's what I'm saying. Are they saying everybody there gets to be called a rioter or a looter or are the people are they referring to the people who died? That's what I don't know. Are they saying well, why that they would they be talking about why would they be talking about anybody else other than those people? Because we're talking about victims here. So And so that's my point. Right. The defense is now going to have to prove. And I'm not I don't agree with this. I'm just saying the judge is saying my understanding is the defense has to prove that those people who were actually murdered and the other one injured were participating in rioting and looting. They have the burden of proof is what I'm understanding that to be. Which so is they fine. To, they, but, where they don't get to just randomly say, hey, they were rioting. They're going to have to actually try to prove that, which would be a part of their defense anyway, right? Because right. that's what they're going to try to say. He was defending himself or he was defending his property or whatever it may be, whatever that they're trying, you know, that they're trying to say on behalf right. of Kyle. So they, so once again, my issue, you don't get to call them victims of a kid who went and bought a gun and then brought it all the way out there looking for trouble. You don't get to call them victims, but you can call them rioters or arsonists or looters possibly yes and i and i and i agree and All i right. get you and this is where that this is where they'll they made their they'll make their objection to it and they'll take it up on a pill if necessary but it is common to not be able to say the word victim interesting and or at least they'll try to make that argument yeah, I wonder. I wonder. And not, though. And, and not all judges. No, not all judges go for it. But it is common for an attorney to say to try to exclude that terminology is what I should say. I just it's wonder. Not that a judge will grant it, though. I wonder, though. I wonder if the tables are turned. And uh, my little cousin, don't do this, by the way, grabs a gun and goes starts and starts to go pick people off 
uh, at a Trump rally going wrong, like the Capitol riots or something like that. I wonder if those people aren't victims. Mm. Interesting. I, just, I agree I, with I always you. Wonder. I, I agree with you. But I don't think the writing's on the wall. Maybe that's me being a little too hopeful, but... A big, when does this trial start? Do we know? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Okay. There's a big gubernatorial race. I like that word, gubernatorial. Okay. Well, it's better than stit. 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 <laughs> uh, there's a big gubernatorial race uh, in Virginia that's coming up. I think next week is the race. I'm pretty sure it's like November 2nd or something like that. The race is Yeah, you up. had mentioned this one before. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. It's uh, Glenn Youngkin is up against Terry McAuliffe. Glenn Youngkin is a Republican. Terry McAuliffe is a Democrat. All right, this this race is going to be uh, the first and probably many electoral referendums on the standing of our current president, President Joe Biden. Uh, people are looking at this as maybe something that might potentially tell people how the midterms next year are going to go. Hmm. Now they've drug Tony Morrison into this debate into this gubernatorial race. Now, if you guys don't know who Tony Morrison is, fuck you. <laughs> I don't care. I'm not explaining to you who Tony Morrison is. All right. I'm not about to give no context or tell you who Tony Morrison is. If you don't know who Tony Morrison is, fuck yourself. Fuck off. Um, but don't stop listening. But that's how I feel. I gotta be honest with you guys. I got a Jada Pinkett that way. I got to be all the way honest to maybe an embarrassing <laughs> Jada Pinkett. We will um, not be using that as a terminology here. Oh, yeah, we have to. We have to. Um, so, look, uh, the latest back and forth is centered around the value of teaching a Toni Morrison novel in the Commonwealth School, Commonwealth of Virginia, uh, highlighting Republican Glenn Youngkin's attempt to make the culture wars around education the major issue of race. As Democratic nominee, Terry McAuliffe accuses him of using a racist dog whistle. Okay. Youngkin released an ad on Monday that features Laura Murphy, a Fairfax County mother and conservative activist who spearheaded a campaign against Beloved, which won the Pulitzer Prize in 1987. It is a fantastic novel. The campaign began after Murphy claimed it gave her son, a high school senior at the time, nightmares. The ad fits into the Youngkin's campaign, the Youngkin campaign's broader strategy of seeking to pit McAuliffe against parents. So basically, this white kid says that he read Beloved back in the day and it gave him nightmares. Okay? It gave him nightmares. And so now it's evil black voodoo witch bullshit. One person. One person is saying this. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's interesting because I think we're on a very interesting track here in America. And Rachel, tell me if you think that I'm wrong. You're wrong. Wow. <laughs> you just jaded me. You made <laughs> me did. look bad in front of all this. We, talk, we talked about her too long. We did. It's in me. We did. <laughs> we are the Jada and Will of the podcasting <laughs> world. <laughs> no. Uh, I think that the right that there is a war specifically from the right on black intellectualism. I think the battle has shifted. I think that the more ratchet aspects of black America 
Tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. The more ratchet aspects of Black America have actually been enveloped into America pop, American pop culture to such a degree that they are too familiar for the right to fight. They don't want to fight Lil Wayne no more. They want to go get Lil Wayne. They don't want to fight the NWAs. And they gave Cardi B a little smoke. But that's just because she comes out for Biden. They don't want to fight these people anymore. These people... They, the, the people that were seen as the ghetto and violent and over the top representation of Black America, they don't really want to fight that anymore. Their new fight is specifically with Black intellectual thought. We're talking about people like Toni Morrison. We're talking about people like Nicole Hannah-Jones. We're talking about anyone who offers to Ta-Nehisi Coates, whomever you want to mention, anyone who offers a salient poignant and descriptive destruction of the black American experience, they want to demonize. And when I saw them taking on Toni Morrison, I thought, huh, that's because Toni Morrison's work is synonymous with the black experience in America. And she's just too good at being black. <laughs> so they got to go at her to poke holes in what they see as their real threat, which is people that can translate culture to a wider white suburban American base. Those people are now more dangerous than the rappers. They said that the rappers were going to come fuck their daughters and steal all that stuff. It didn't happen. <laughs> it didn't happen. But America could change intellectually and these people would be the spearhead of it. Am I off base with this? Not at all. If you go back and you look at history and you've seen how white America has done things to oppress or keep black people down since the end of slavery, whether it be through laws, whether it be through some type of systemic racism, whether it's through a Tulsa massacre, whether it's through redlining that we very recently talked about on this podcast, it only makes sense that, okay, we did this, it didn't work, or we did this, it's still working, or we did this and it's a little bit watered down now how else can we do things to keep black people either down in a hole? Um, the, the spread of this whole talk, like, you know, same thing with CRT. Um, anytime there is this, it's catching fire and these ideas are starting to spread and they contradict the image that they want for people to have of black America. We see something like this happen. So you're not off, you're not wrong. It falls directly in line with everything else we've seen happen in the history of this country when it comes to the way that black people are treated. This is an interesting moment, though, because I think there's there's an opportunity to reexamine some of the black American figures um, that America holds close. Like, I want a full scale reimagining and retelling of the life of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., and that's why I love the good brother Peniel Joseph, who's down there at your alma mater, uh, Texas, the LBJ school. OK, um, because I keep telling you guys, read the sword and the shield. Please read the sword and the shield by Peniel Joseph, because even Dr. King's life itself, there's an attempt to de-intellectualize Dr. King himself. He was actually a much deeper thinker and a much more radical thinker than people give him credit for. And now I think that this culture war, because parts of black culture that were seen 
as particularly dangerous, like I said, have been accepted into American culture. Now the war exists on a new emerging uh, definition of blackness, which is being defined by people who are very brilliant and know their fucking shit. You know what I mean? And so, you know, I, I think that the Republicans or the right or the Trump death cult, whoever it is, taking specific aim at that, it bears some paying attention to. They're literally, literally trying to subtract this amazing, rich, deep thought from the idea of blackness. They're saying, listen to Lil Wayne and not to Toni Morrison. And that's not even a diss Wayne. I'm saying that's what they're well, no, doing. He's not a threat. No, he's not a threat. He's not talking about some of these things. He's not challenging you or challenging the system in, in any kind of way in what he does with his art form. But I still can't get over the fact that this is one person. One child has said this and it is now gaining traction. Yeah. One child. It's a white child though. I, I get it. That's but worth it at also least shows, a million it niggas. Shows how, it shows the impact. Yeah. One Mom, one white child. She doesn't. One white child. What does that say? That should what be. What does that tell you? That's to me. I can't get over that. <laughs> they should use that. One white child. One white child should be a slogan. You guys can have that one for free. Go ahead, <laughs> <laughs> Tucker Carlson. You can have one white child for free tonight on the Tucker Carlson Experience, whatever the fuck his name is. Show is. We're gonna talk about one white child that walked into a McDonald's, saw a black family with a mother and a father eating, eating, and was completely confused. He's scarred by what he thought was a lie. Did they walk into McDonald's? Can you put them in a different restaurant? That is true. Um, let's not say that, let's not say that they go to McDonald's. <laughs> Where could one white child go and be scared by a black family, a black nuclear family having fun? What's the scariest place for one white child? What's the scariest place? Uh oh, you know you know what one white child would really be scared in a black church? Just a bunch of Right, but what just a bunch of well dressed niggas all being a family and praising together. Do you know on my season of the Bachelorette? No. I took them to church. Oh Jesus Christ, Rach. I, I like like Rach. 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 What? Wait a minute. <laughs> Rachel. I'm gonna stop telling you stuff because you're gonna want to watch I'm it. I'm gonna fucking go on, watch it. Of course, not, I'm gonna go watch the, it. Not on the Bachelorette. My bad. On the Bachelor. Did you take them so to like, a Juneteenth concert as well? Did you guys do all no, the stuff? No, 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 no. But it was so you know you got well maybe you don't know. Well, no, you've seen the season, so you know you have the hometown. Dates. Hometown, yeah. And so Nick was coming to my hometown, and it was on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, we go to church, all right? And I said you should come to church. And we went to church and we sat there and we had the whole black church experience. Did he like it? He loved it. Did he? You know, of course they loved it. You know what I mean? Like it was entertaining. It was like, he, he went, he's Catholic. So it was totally different from anything he had experienced. Did he catch the Holy Ghost? He wanted to. He wanted to. But and I said, stop. That's not, that's not, no. Because somebody else was, somebody else was next to us. Yeah. That used to scare me as a kid. Who it did it not? No, we used to laugh actually. That, As kids, we laughed. Man, you just sitting there and it's back and forth, and some woman's going, and and like a woman next to you, just goes from talking about. I tell you what, 
I tell you what, Stacy and them better be over to the house on time today after this, because I gotta watch my stories later along. How about something that's a lot of Jesus Christ, my and you're like, what the you fuck is going on? Like, like, I'm like, yo, what the fuck, mom? What's going on with her? My mother's like, something beautiful's happening. She's being imbued with the Holy Ghost. You turn around, and you're like, oh my God. I'm like, yo, can somebody get her a fucking glass of water? Like, you so, never laughed? Hell no. They used to scare the goddamn shit out oh of me. Oh my gosh, especially the people who would do the same thing every single time. Mm-hmm. Like, you came to expect it? Come on. So people <laughs> jumping up. Doing that dance that Michael Jackson did in that video where he kicks up Which his feet, you know the mama oh, say mama sign with Michael. Yeah, oh. <laughs> like he's doing that. Where he's doing the African, they jump up and they're doing that dance that he was doing. That, kick, you know, shout out to Africa. Like when they when they when they do the dance and, and they <laughs> throw their head back and they kick. You know, I don't. That sounded really bad. I don't know where it comes from traditionally, but they doing that dance all up and down the aisles. I'm scared as shit. And and my dad and like my dad looks at me. And my dad goes. I bet I'd never see you up in church acting a fucking fool like that. (laughs) I don't care what my dad said. If the Holy Ghost hit you, you sit your ass down. I bet I'd never see you. He hated it. He hated it. Um, So there's a new conspiracy theory, and it has to do with Chris Evans and Buzz Lightyear. Do you know who Buzz Lightyear is? Yes, I know who Buzz Lightyear is. (laughs) I cannot be sure, Rachel. You're, you know what? Fair, fair. <laughs> Rachel, at this point, how, how can I be sure? How can I be sure? Uh, yeah, so Buzz Lightyear was played by former drug dealer, Tim Allen. Um, snitch, by the way. Snitch. Wait, whoa, 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 wait. What? Tim Allen from Home Improvement? He's a drug dealer? Uh, Coke dealer. Yeah, let's take a mip down. Let's take a trip down fucking memory lane and talk about Tim Allen, who what? loves what was that noise he used to make. Who, uh, who huh? loves <laughs> to fucking chastise people. Let's what? talk about Tim Allen, Coke dealer. Okay. I know this. Well, you're about to know it now, and anybody else who didn't know, look, dealing a little Coke, Tim Allen. Look, October second, nineteen seventy eight. Allen was arrested in the Kalamazoo Battle Creek Airport with one and a half pounds of cocaine. Oh, gosh. Pusha T. (laughs) Pusha T. Tim Allen, baby. Pusha T is his new nickname. Um, And then you know what he did? He fucking ratted. He snitched is what he did. So remember... You guys go around like fucking uh, Tommy Lauren, bring up Jay-Z and all these people from back in the day. Tim Allen was out there dealing that cocaine and he snitch. He rolled on his people. Anyway, go look it up. So Did he avoid jail? or He, he went to he jail snitched? for a little while. Yeah, I think okay. he did some time. I'm not sure how much okay. time he did. Maybe right. a couple of years. Oh, yeah. He served oh, time yeah. in prison on cocaine charges back in the day. Now, look, I'm not saying that, you know, you dibble and dabble a little bit. I'm not. But I'm saying is. Don't fucking come over here to me and tell me about family values and do all of this stuff. Tim Escobar, push a T. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck out of here. Fuck out of my face. Judge me, nigga. Um, uh, but yes, Disney has announced a new Buzz Lightyear movie and Pusha T is out of there. Uh, uh, Chris Evans is now voicing Buzz Lightyear. 
Okay, I don't know if this is a Buzz Lightyear origin story or what the hell's going on with the movie. Um, but Tim Allen is conservative and he's polarizing. He's done all the Toy Story movies. And now people are saying that they pushed Tim Allen out because he's a dreaded conservative in Hollywood and they are replacing him with Chris Evans. If so, if that were the case, if Disney was pushing Tim Allen out because of his politics, would you have an issue with that? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a slippery slope. You can't get into pushing people out because of what their political beliefs are. You know, you can dislike them from a distance, but it, it would be different if he had never been hired to play this role because then, then you know, you just hire somebody else and you don't have to explain why. But to push him out because of it, I, where does this go? You know, this isn't going to go anywhere good. Who's next is what you're asking. Who's next? We can't say the N word. What's next? We can't. What Who's you mean? Next? We can't do blackface. What's next? We can't hang a nigger. I didn't know this. All this. Like I'm. I'm distracted because I keep looking up Tim Allen. It's like I really don't pay. Didn't pay attention to him after Home Improvement. So I am unaware of his political beliefs. I'm unaware of what he's been what? saying. On, I am. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm so serious. That's why I'm distracted right now. I'm mm-hmm. looking this up. I'm in the dark. Tim, I couldn't tell you what Tim's been doing other than he had a show, or he does have a show. On Last right man now. standing on that show, he plays like a conservative type of guy. By the way, nothing wrong with so being he's a conservative. Not playing. So yeah. he's not. But, but if he's if they're talking about him getting dismissed because of his political beliefs, he must be an extreme, an extremist. Is what I must. He goes. He wouldn't be pushed out for being conservative. I don't know. I don't know, I, but I think I'm it's bullshit. I think they're trying to trying to take the character further, and they're probably you're probably going to see a lot of these movies uh, that can continue these IP properties that can continue get a little younger. You know what I mean? They're probably going to get a little younger, bring younger actors in to do them, and we'll see how it goes. You know, and plus Disney has a good thing going with Chris Evans. Keeping Chris Evans close to the vest for That's Disney true. makes a lot That's of sense true. because he's Captain America. You know, I don't know. Did you ever see that movie Blow? Is that Johnny Depp? Yeah. Okay, yeah. That movie was based on Tim Allen's life. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. Sit here and tell me that. That, that, You did that that with Snowfall. (laughs) We're not doing that again. I've seen Blow, and I know it's not based off Tim Allen. (laughs) You might have had me if I hadn't seen the movie. (laughs) I'm not. (laughs) Um. Uh. Yeah. Look. It. Look. It. There was an article in, uh, on a website that I used to I used to work for that talked yeah, a little TMZ, bit about this. TMZ, first reported by TMZ. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I don't think that this is what it is. I don't think this is very political. I think this has to do we'll with like uh, we don't we won't know, but I think this has to do with these characters getting a little younger. If Tim Allen plays, you know, look, I joke about Tim Allen. I don't wish anything bad to happen to Tim Allen, but if Tim Allen's playing Buzz Lightyear, you got 20 more years of Buzz Lightyear. Tim Allen's in his in his 60s. You got 40 more years if you turn it over to Chris Allen uh, to, to Chris Evans right now. It's different. Like, they probably want to reboot. They probably want to go a little younger. They got a guy in there who everyone loves, conservative yeah. and uh, liberal love, fucking Captain America. All right? You go for it. You do it. It's not that big of a deal. Is Tom coming back? I don't know. I don't know who's going to voice. Uh, I don't know if Woody is e- even going to be in the movie. It's a Buzz Lightyear movie. You know? So, so but I'm how not... could Woody not be? I mean, I get it. It's not to- Toy Story, but... What are you trying to say? 
They're trying to say, don't you go do extra without me? You know? What? <laughs> No, don't you go do extra without me. You have your whole little. I, I see you too, and I'd be jealous of shit. I see no, you doing you extra. I see you. Oh, it's me. I'm on the red carpet. Look, guys, it's Lawrence Olivier. I'm like, I'm sitting down there playing Madden. I'm like, yo, man, odd? what the fuck? That's how. That's how. That's yeah, you. man, you out here winning Oscars. So please be that's, quiet. That's oh my gosh, your... Trayv- I saw Trayvon the other day on the carpet. Oh, because because the Spencer premiere, right? Is he a part of the movie? No, he asked me to go to that premiere, but then I didn't go. He had no idea who I was. That's bullshit. <laughs> that's nuts. No. Swear. He was the first oh person on the carpet. He was the first person on the carpet. And Trey. I look I look at him and I was like, I said, hi. I, but I didn't want to be like, remember me? Hey, I'm I, I Oscar like I winning writer. No, we got to get him on the phone. <laughs> uh, Oscar <laughs> winning writer, director, Trayvon Free. Can't, you can't front. You can't front on my sister like that, Trayvon. <laughs> it's time to talk to Oscar Emmy winning writer Trayvon Free. You better pick up, Trayvon. Come on. Please leave your message. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's happened to both of us. Today. <laughs> both of us. No one wants to fucking talk to us. Um uh, yeah, it's not not too much else going on with that whole Chris Evans situation. It's just that oh, I did boo, before we move on though, did you see that Jesus was at a QAnon meeting? Did you see that? Yes. With a fanny pack. Unrecognizable. Yeah. Honestly. Unrecognizable. So, you guys, there are few careers more interesting in Hollywood than Jim Caviezel. Jim Caviezel is the guy who played Jesus in The Passion of the Christ, which is a movie I swore to myself I would never, never ever watch again. again. Hold on. Nope. Hold on. This is Trayvon. Hold on for a second. Hey, yo, Trayvon. You're on Higher Learning right now with Van Lathan and Rachel Lindsay. Rachel says that you fronted on her at the Spencer premiere. What? Yeah. (laughs) Rachel says that after partying with you, celebrating the Oscar win, that on the red carpet, you didn't even know who she was. You're too big now. You're too big, Trayvon. (laughs) talking about man see <laughs> Trayvon Free he's, he's, he's trying to think about it he's no, trying to think about it I he's know like, that that's not true I? the Trayvon Free that I know would never front on anyone on a red carpet what was he wearing what was he wearing Rachel he's known to dress very very sharp <laughs> he said hello he said well wait so he if, he's, if no, he no, said no. hello he, how did he no, front you on know, you no 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 he, there, was, there was nothing behind his eyes he oh, had no was, idea he was being polite that was the only black person on the carpet wow Trayvon, it's tough. I'm just now, I'm, I'm replaying the red carpet back in my mind right now. See? See? He's the first one there. He was the first one there. I he, was the only sister on the carpet. Right, now, let me ask you a question, bro. You invited me to that. You was going to have me walk a red carpet? Like, I don't, like, I'm 400 pounds. He didn't pounds. do interviews. He didn't do interviews. Stop. He didn't do interviews. He didn't do interviews. You don't have to walk the red carpet. You can just say no. That's true. That's true. That's true. Hey. As always, love you, proud of you. Just but want to call like and you give you some shit. Act like you know me next time. Act like you know me next time. Make me look good. Make me look good for my job. Are you going to Colin tonight? I am going to Colin tonight. Tonight is the Colin Kaepernick situation. The Colin in black and white. So, are you going to be there, Trayvon? Yeah, I'm about to go get my dog from the van right Why now. Why are we not covering? Yeah, we should cover. Like, oh, oh so see, is extras not even covering the Colin Kaepernick show? It might, might not be press. Yeah, there's, there's, maybe not, maybe not. All right, I'll see you later on tonight, bro. All right, bye. Believe me, I get sent sent to black stuff. <laughs> sent to black stuff. Um, 
What was I getting ready to say? Where were we? Oh, yeah. Jim Caviezel. Uh, Jim Caviezel was blowing up in Hollywood, but then people stopped liking him because he would evangelize on set too much. This is true. Mm. He would try to get people to worship Jesus on set. And they didn't want to deal with that. On the set of The Passion of... of no. Prior, okay, prior so movies before then. Okay. And then that is why he was cast as Jesus in The Passion of the Christ. Mm. And, and some initials were JC and everyone mm-hmm. was talking about that. Mm-hmm. And s- now some kind of way we get to him being at a QAnon rally. Not just being there, speaking. Speaking at a QAnon rally. Q. La. Wow. <laughs> I saw it. Okay. All right. Uh, let's take a break. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. You could be doing anything this week, right? You've got work, errands, friends, and a whole lot of fun in between. That's why the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the capable SUV that's built for your life. With premium interiors, available wireless charging, and room for your whole cargo and crew. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the all-new 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Facebook. Shout out to Thought Warriors on Facebook. Facebook is changing its name. Facebook is changing its company's name as it shifts to focus on the metaverse and confronts wide-ranging scrutiny of the real-world harms from its various platforms after a whistleblower document leaked hundreds of internal emails. Founder Mark Zuckerberg said Thursday that Facebook will change its corporate name to Meta, effectively demoting Facebook's namesake service to being just one of the company's subsidiaries. It's called Meta now. Meta. It's a rebranding. It's going to overhaul Facebook's reputation. Meta. Now it's called Meta. Meta, Rachel. Meta. Do you have thoughts? Uh, It's a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You need to calm down as well. Uh... I, I don't have much to say because I don't care. It's still Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to think of what to say. But at the end of the day, nobody's going to be like, oh, did you, you know, shout out to our meta group, the Thought Warriors group on meta. It's Facebook. You know, like that's how we download it. That's how well, we wait a minute. it. For- if they change your name, we got to call them meta. We got to respect the name change. We have to call them meta, right? If so they change your name. Thing. Is changing the name like slapping a Band-Aid on, on the issue? I don't know, but I mean, if you're like, going great, to- you're changing your name, but we still, but it's, it's formally known as Facebook and Facebook did this, 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 and this. I mean, demoting Facebook's namesake service to just being one of the company's subsidiaries? Yeah, meta. meta. So Facebook will still be around. The overall thing, the company is going to be called Meta, but you'll still have Instagram, you'll still have WhatsApp, and you'll still have Facebook on the social- on the social network. Maybe. I'm Maybe. I'm not sure. That's like it. it One of the, com- the company. The company name will be Meta, though. As a whole. Like as Meta a whole. owns Meta. everything. Like Meta bought Instagram. Meta. But right. You can still log on to your Facebook. You app. can still log on to Facebook. But when you're talking about Mark Zuckerberg, you refer to him as the CEO of Meta. What does Meta mean? <laughs> Meta means like 
if there's some art, well, this is the way I know meta to me. I don't have a very, so like if when art is like real, like when there's real life. So like, let's say we do a movie and in the movie, like we do a movie and in the movie, uh, like somebody is telling the story. Shit. How can I put this? Meta is when you, uh, would you like, like for me to read the definition? No, there's a, a creative work referring <laughs> to itself or the conventions of its genre. Self-referential. Yes. So meta is when, you, when you're talking about the fact that you're in a movie in a movie. That's meta. Got you. That's meta. So here, can I tell you something about my take on the meta thing? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This is the worst possible move that they could have made. Number one. <laughs> Name changes never go well. This has there has been one person who has changed their name that has worked out better for them besides Muhammad Ali. Most name changes don't really go well for me. Uh, that's not true. I just thought about a million examples where I fucked myself, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, all kinds of people, but whatever. Secondly, I think that Meta sounds so evil. <laughs> like Facebook, Facebook sounds like, hey, Facebook, we get it, we understand it. Hey, it's fake. But Meta sounds like the multinational company that the James Bond villain runs. Mm. Mark Zuckerberg, head of Meta. Meta, it's four words. You know what I mean? It's four letters. Meta. You can put it easily on it. Like a, there's a big M logo. The logo sure. itself looks a little foreboding. This was the worst thing they could have done. How about this? Mark Zuckerberg, you're evil. Go for it, bro. Fuck it. Stop trying to be non-evil just say fuck it i'm logan roy fuck you guys <laughs> in the time that he stops trying to fuck around we know who you are mark zuckerberg we know who you are you're evil you're an evil guy you're evil evil billionaire yeah that's never gonna happen he's never going to say all of what you just said so you know meta it is but we know that's the thing we know at the end of the day you can change the name to whatever it is Meta, formerly known as Facebook. What's Meta? I've never heard of that before. Oh, it used to be called Facebook. Oh, got you. That's exactly how the conversation is going to go. This does, this, this does tell me that Facebook is finally starting to, to feel some of the societal pressure. Um, they have to. Well, they in the past, they've been a little Teflon, and they've, they've shrugged their shoulders off a lot of this shit. But it no, seems I mean, as if what... The what, whistleblower. What, the whistleblower, it seems like they actually got to him because... You understand the accusations that came from the whistleblower talk about the fact that Facebook could be Facebook could be altering the trajectory of humankind for the worse by changing the way our brains work and think and purposefully please get the Freddy claws off I the was thing. Picking something off the thing. That's what Freddy picks off. Freddy picks the stuff off the claws, but it's like blonde hairs and human fucking skin. Um but yeah, so I think that they're finally starting to feel that Facebook is all fucked up. Is a rebrand possible for Facebook? No. Facebook is what it is. No, yeah. Facebook is like the NFL. You watch the NFL, you're entertained, but you know they're evil. It's on you. It, yeah, it's too late. It's too late. It's too late. They yeah. got to do more than a name change. All right, so, so. I, I, won, I won my Tom Hanks situation. Because Twitter told you you won? No, not because of Twitter. Tom Hanks popped up uh, at a black lesbian wedding in Santa Monica on the beach. This means nothing. The wokest shit that ever fucking happened. The wokest shit that ever happened. The only way this could get more woke is if they were from Afghanistan. 
like the wokest shit that ever happened. Black lesbian what wedding? He now, pops up. Yeah, wokest shit ever. That doesn't mean that you won. I won for something that he might have said in the past. And I'll and I'll tell you this: there were a lot of people who pointed out the fact that they brought up Chet. So what? They said you know Chet had to learn things from somewhere. You know, here's That's the what thing: people were saying they brought up the Chet. I could easily go. Mr. Rogers, who was born in 1928. You did say this. I could easily go. I know. I could easily go into Mr. Rogers' family. And I guarantee you, if we're talking about 1928, there's probably some white people back there that were up to no damn good, Rachel. But was it a son? What difference does it make? What if it's a brother? Mm. Not doesn't hit as hard. You're right. Because the son is like learns from you. You know? I didn't have to say it. But But I will say this, though. That's not where Chet got that. I know Chet. <laughs> Chet was on a mission to be as un-Tom Hanks-like as possible. <laughs> Chet loves his dad. Chet, sure. Chet loves his dad. It's like being like, a preacher's kid. Loving relationship. Chet was going against it. Chet was going against the norms. You know what I mean? Uh, so Tom Hanks stopped and took photos with a woman. And it looks like her name is December. December and uh, T- Tashia Ferris in Santa Monica. Uh, after their wedding ceremony on the beach. According to the couple, Hank said he had been watching the ceremony from afar. He asked if he could take a picture with, with us and gave us lots of positive words and good love advice, said Taisha Ferries. The couple said their special day was even better than hoped for. Look at Hank's. But they felt like their unexpected guest gave them a sign. Hank's and December's brother have the same birthday. Her late brother. The most amazing story ever from Tommy, Tommy, bomb on him, Tom Hanks. He lost. Mr. Rogers ain't never did that. As a matter of fact, you don't know that. we don't even know Mr. Rogers' stands on lesbians. That, that was before his time. That has nothing to do signed. with the N-word. That has nothing to do with the N-word. But I mean, can we just talk about the timing of this? I saw this. Do you think I was going to bring it to the attention of, of higher learning? Do you think I was going to put this on the rundown? Right. Did you put it on or did Donnie? I put it on. Okay, it was sent to me. When I saw it, I was the, like, you gotta be the kidding The thought warriors sent it to me. By the way, <laughs> I'm telling you right now, whites, Hanks is your last, your last, your last hope. Okay? He's your somebody last. Brought up, somebody brought up Bernie. Uh, I no. saw somebody uh, say that. Bernie's, Bernie, I can tell Bernie got some red in this ledger. I can tell. Wow. Bernie got some red. Bernie has been down for a while, but Bernie... Bernie then wow. got drunk and he just said some shit. No. Yes, he stop. has. <laughs> He's just too curmudgeonly. Now. He hasn't always been that way. <laughs> He's old now. Mm. All right. Before we get to mailbag, I want to talk about the homie Meek Mill. Meek Mill declares war on his record label. Okay. For not paying him. Meek Mill took to Twitter to air out his issues with his current deal in front of 11 million followers. He hasn't received a single penny from his record contract and doesn't know how much money his label takes off his earnings. He says, I don't get paid for music and I don't know how much money labels make off me. I need lawyers ASAP. He added, ask the record label, how much have you spent on me as an artist? Then you ask, how much have you made off me as an artist? I'm about to make my record deal public on Monday just to let the world see what these people are on. Now, I've been known to have a conversation or two with Mika back in the day, but 
This was very interesting to me because Meek's label is, of course, MMG, which is, of course, run by Rick Ross. So uh, if, in fact, Meek has never seen any money from his record label, then that would put Rick Ross squarely in the middle of this criticism. It's tough. If Meek isn't making money off his records, is that his fault or the label's fault? Well, it's obviously the label's fault. How so? It's not that is Meek not selling records. Sure, he's selling records, but the reality okay. is, that, but like the question I'm asking you is, if you sign a bad contract. Well, here's my thing. I, I and my first thought is it's sad because we hear these stories a lot, and we've heard them for a while. And I just assume by the time that Meek Mill was coming around, unless there was some type of desperation to get a record deal, that he would have been on top of this. This wouldn't happen to him. But then it's also alar alarming for him to be like, I need lawyers ASAP. You didn't already have lawyers? Because he's very successful. So it's just, it's just, in, and is this his first contract or another contract? Because I, I, he's sometimes been in the game they, for a while. Sometimes they sign you to like, remember when they would say bad boy for life? That's because oh, they would sign That's you to like, meant? They would sign you to like a 10 album deal or something like that. That's terrible. We should stop saying bad boy for life. That's I don't know about terrible. the contracts, but I just know that there was the, the contracts were long sometimes. I don't know well, how I'm many. I'm going to take your word for it. You cool with Diddy. Shit, saying, look, so it must. Look. So that's, that's what that means. You can't I mean, fuck up my next movie, Rach. <laughs> um, but saying. I don't. But I don't know. His con he could still be on his first contract though, because a lot of times those time. those music and you have to look at how many albums it is and how much stuff that Meek has dropped that is basically a mixtape and not an album. How many albums he owes, what the contract is. I, it just depends. It could be a lot of different stuff. A lot. Who of else is on um, under MMG other than Rick? But uh, Wale. Like I so these are all the people I've ever known that have been on it. Wale. Okay. Uh, Omarion was on there for a time. Gunplay was on there for a time. I'd just be um, curious. I'm asking because I'm curious as to, oh, for a Wale, for example, like, did you have a similar experience? Same thing. Like, I just, I'm just very, I'm, I was shocked when I saw this because one, mcmill has been in the business for such a long time Two, Cause it is MMG. And then I just, I'm just three. I'm just shocked that he's under this type of deal when it just seems to be a lot more common knowledge of, what can happen, which is why people go independent or, you know, I thought that's what MMG was supposed to help people with, but apparently not. You know what? Assuming he's telling the truth. Do you know what the deeper thing is? What? To me, the deeper thing is fucked up record labels, fucked up record deals is actually a symptom of white supremacy, even when it's a black guy doing it to a black guy, if in fact oh, this is sure. true. Like, the usury and chicanery and trickery that's been used to exploit black people in the contract system goes back so far to where it just shows you that if you're and to, the reason why I say it's not your fault if you signed a bad deal like I'll be honest with you like my TMZ contract was a bad contract your first one or your only one I had like a couple of them the first one was a bad contract I remember most I, people's are though yeah like and this was specifically said to me, like, uh, I was wondering after I signed the deal, which I, you know, I didn't even have a lawyer look over the first deal. Whoa. <laughs> they were like, hey, I, did, I didn't even have a lawyer look over the first deal. Maybe my brother might have taken a glance at it. But the uh, but like the money that they were putting in front of me at that point 
seemed so crazy that I was like, Jesus Christ, like I'm an actual real person. So I remember signing the deal, all of that stuff. The deal is totally and 100% exclusive. You can't do anything without them saying yes. And I remember hearing a, hearing a phrase that was so bone chilling that I knew exactly what I wanted out of my career from then forward. So I was having a conversation with one of the lawyers from TMZ because I had come time that I wanted to do a podcast or somebody wanted me to come over, over on another show or do something. And I was belly aching about the fact that I had to get permission from uh, Harvey or EHM or whatever the production company was to do it. I'll never forget. One of the lawyers looks at me and goes, well, it's just a weird situation that you're in with the contract. And I was like, why? And he looked at me. He said, Harvey owns your talent. I was like, what? He's like, he owns your talent. Like whatever it is that you can do, like Harvey owns it. So like, it, like if you do a book, if you do a yeah. script, if you do whatever, like he owns your talent. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that I ever wanted out of my career after that, the only thing, people want cars, people want money, people want all of that. The only thing I ever wanted was to be in control of my talent. And that's and I learned that by having been through that situation. And I'm wondering, Meek, who is a little bit younger than me, I'm wondering if Meek is learning, like a lot of black people have to learn exactly how what type of control and what he wants to be able to do with his record. Cause he, all of his show money and all of that stuff, that still is probably, you know, coming directly. He might I doubt he's in a 360. It was really before the 360. What a 360 is, is a 360 deal is when a record label signs you to a deal and they take something off everything. They take a little bit of your merch, they take a little bit of your uh clothes, your 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 merch, they'll take a little bit of your show money, a little bit of your branding. It's a 360 deal because records are selling the way they used to. I doubt Meek is in one of those because he would have signed with MMG way back in 2010 or 2011. But sometimes you have to be in a situation like this to know exactly what it, what it is that you want out of yourself. You know, and I didn't even have Twitter to bring it to because guess what? I couldn't freely tweet like I wanted to. <laughs> you couldn't freely tweet? I could, but I could definitely be asked to take tweets now. Wow. But that, all your contracts weren't like that there. Well, towards the end when I had a little, when I could swing my shillelagh a little bit, uh, I could, um, I could carve things out. But it was basically the same thing. I could carve but, things out. I but mean, at that point, they weren't going to tell me, at that point, to try to keep me happy, they weren't going to tell me no to almost anything that I wanted to do. And also, I would just do things and not tell them because what was the consequence going to be? Like, you know, yeah. I didn't think that they and would. I, Fire I, guess I, I guess I should be. <laughs> I, I guess I should be a little bit more. I, I I would be shocked if this is still his first contract. But now that you tell me about this bad boy for life thing, I guess that could happen. Mm -hmm. But there is a level of desperation that these type of corporations, music, record labels, networks, shows, whatever it may be, take advantage of people who are so hungry mm -hmm. and wanting to get their big break 
that they're willing to sign whatever just to have the opportunity and then you deal with it later. That's why I say your first contract's usually not your best contract. It's the second one where you can start pulling, throwing around your weight a little bit. It's interesting. Inter I, wanna, I, I wonder if Rick Ross will respond. That's what I'm waiting well, for. Uh, it yeah. Well, it will be, it, it, no, he hasn't, uh, not that oh. I've seen yet, but it would be interesting if Rick Ross responded because Rick Ross doesn't have the type of disposition to get into a nasty public thing. There's already been some back and forth between Rick Ross and Meek allegedly, apparently, about me trying to get off the label. But, you know, all of this stuff is business stuff. And another another pitfall of this is what rap labels do, which is position all of these business relationships as if we friends, we brothers, we riders. When oh, record yeah. labels start stop becoming business entities and started becoming crews, you kind of trick the culture by thinking you're not going to try to recoup the money that you put into an artist or that you're not going to try to leave the label when business goes bad. Like, mm -hmm. You can't get out of a family ain't got no contract. Like yeah. my mom is my mom. Like family ain't got no contract. So when you say, yo, right. we a family, nah, y'all business partners. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let's go to fucking mailbag. Wow. Mailbag time. Time to read your letters and then we'll reply to them. Oh. It's mailbag time. Write us with your queries and we'll chime in. All right. From the Veronian, Van, what advice would you give Thought Warriors struggling with their weight? Rachel, I'm sure you can weigh in too. Wow. No, to Van, take it. What a, pun, what, a, what a pun, Donnie. Weigh in. What are you trying to say about us, bro? <laughs> Jesus, you want to know how much I just weighed in at Donnie? What a interesting. I see your little shaming fat phobia shit, Donnie. I see it. I've seen it before. Like one time we started the podcast, Donnie had his shirt off. I see what you do, Donnie. I see it. Um, Van, what advice would you give to thought warriors struggling with their weight? Serious moment. You guys, I'm in a very tough season. Tough, tough season. Very, very tough. I spent a lot of time feeling good about my body after I lost weight. I put the pandemic weight on and it's very, very difficult to, to get the weight off at some point. It's just, I'm working my ass off, like working my ass off and it's going to, it's coming, but it's coming slower than it used to when I was a younger man. Um, my advice to anyone who is struggling with their weight would be to remember that life is still happening around you. Just remember that you're still here. You're still breathing. You're still having fun. I'm not going to tell you not to be down about your weight. I'm not going to tell you to even love yourself as you are because that would be that would be frugazy advice coming from me because it's hard for me to love myself in the current shell that I'm in. It's difficult. It's not easy. I'm not saying I don't love myself. I'm just saying that I like myself a little bit better when my loves when my love handles didn't stick out the side of my goddamn t-shirt. Okay. Um, but what I will say is. I still get it going. I still have fun. People still love me. I still have fun participating in sports. I can still get a walk. I can still read a book. I can do all of it at the same time. You're still you and you're here to enjoy your life and connect with people. So don't let the way that you look or the way that you even feel stop you from doing what you're here to do, which is connect with people and have good times. That's the best advice I can give you because this other part of it, that's a fucking doozy. That's tough. All right. That's all I can say. Um, what else? What else, Donnie? Come on, fat chamber. From my name's Cody Barr. 
When is the time you didn't get paid what you're worth, but did it anyways for quote unquote exposure? <laughs> we just talked about it. <laughs> I'm not naming, I'm not naming. Um, yes, there's been a time and I'm not naming what it is. Yeah, ESPN. Uh, <laughs> people ain't stupid. <laughs> She didn't say it, worldwide leader. I said it. Worldwide leader. Worldwide leader. She didn't say it. I said it. She said nothing. She said nothing. I think if you guys can think hard enough, you know mine too. Um. <laughs> all right. Uh. What else? From Angela Brown three six eight three. If you could visit any sci-fi movie world, where would it be? <laughs> Great fucking question. <laughs> Great fucking question. Coruscant. What? Star Wars. That's where I would go. Great question. Very close. Very close to being, you know, maybe like Game of Thrones, but Game of Thrones. Oh, does that count as sci-fi? It's fantasy. It's fantasy. So I wouldn't say like it's sci-fi. It's Google's fantasy. sci-fi movies. Okay, go for it. Yeah, it's fantasy. More fantasy. Okay, see, I I don't really watch sci-fi, so, so it's hard for you me got, to. You got Star Wars. You got I've never Star seen Trek. One Star Star Wars or Star Trek. You, you got Star right. Wars. You got Star Trek. You got Dune. You I got. Could. It's alright. You got Dune. You got. Uh, it's a lot of stuff out there. You know, it's stuff it's science fiction. I don't know. I don't know what you tell you. Blade Runner. You know, you ever see Blade Runner? Never saw that. Of course not. Oh, Wakanda. That doesn't count. Why not? It's not science fiction. Popular sci-fi movies. Black Panther was listed. I'm bullshit. just going with it. Wakanda. That's, that's fine. It. We'll, that's it. Go for that's it. You I'm, can have Wakanda. That's bullshit. He's mad. You, you, you're mad because you didn't say it. No, that's what it is. because that movie was mid anyway, and I wouldn't really want to go there. Okay, uh, but why, tell me why Black Panther isn't sci-fi. It's just action. It's not sci-fi. Say? It's a superhero movie. It's not sci-fi. Okay, Wakanda. I mean, maybe. They got, they got a lot of kinds of like different point by the way Black Panther wasn't mid it was good but just not super great all right no he said mid I'm Quote. sorry sorry Black Panther I apologize mid. that was wrong all right what else we got come on mm, I don't know about this one from Lisa underscore D'Angelo can we see Van's bad feet yes wait wait, wait. we didn't ask for that <laughs> oh Oh my god! (laughs) You know what? If you put on some lotion, they would be five times better. I just got out the shower, number one, and see that toe? That's the toe that always comes off. The toenail? (laughs) The toenail comes off. The toenail comes off off because that shoe is... I don't know anybody that has a nice pinky toe. Is that true? I don't have a nice pinky toe. You don't? You got hammer time down there with the pinky toes? Mm-hmm. Hammer time. I'm eight out of 10. I got a strong eight out of 10. Poor Brian. He's like talking to his people like, bro, this girl is fucking perfect. But sometimes in the middle of the night, I see that toe and I have like a bag packed. I never know whether or not. <laughs> <laughs> All over the top. All over the top. I have a bag packed. Some nights I don't know if I'm gonna have the strength to make it to the morning. Uh, he's not home now. Maybe he's not maybe, coming maybe, back. maybe he's gone. Maybe he left. 
Um, do you have an unexpected ally of the week? Uh, kind of, but not really. Mm. I just came mm. from the handprint footprint at the TCL Chinese Theater. Regina King was getting hers. So I'm going to make them my ally of the week for giving it to her. But it was amazing. Ava DuVernay spoke the way, I mean, it was magnetic. It was emotional to hear Regina King's team who've been with her forever since I think 95, 96, one of them said, talk about the person that she is, talk about not just her talent, but just like her drive, her spirit, her being from LA, the moment that this all was. And I was so, and like, I've been, I'm really tired today, but to, I, my whole mood changed the moment I sat out there and I watched that moment happen for her. Mm. It was beautiful. She was emotional. Um, just, you know, she barely had any words, but her family was there. Her friends were there. Colleagues were there. And it was just a really beautiful moment. And if you're from the LA area or you visited, we've all walked past the Walk of Fame, um, the handprint, footprint, and just to see someone actually get theirs. And as Ava DuVernay said, cemented in in time where people and then regina when i was interviewing her she said you know you make it it's an affair you come here to the movies you watch you experience all of this and she said they're going to be young kids who are going to forever see my name my handprint my footprint she wrote no place like home not because of the wizard of oz because it's from the theme song of 227 and so just like to see it had her have this moment she talked about being 50 it was just beautiful so anyways that moved me changed my whole mood that's my unexpected ally of the week it's fantastic T by the way chinese theater by the way just I, I just go with grauman's chinese theater because oh i did but then i realized the name changed yeah but you gotta go with grauman's though TCL. And I was saying, I'm glad I actually didn't because I was saying Gromans. Gromans? Okay. Gromans. That's what I was saying. So, Maybe Fromans. <laughs> Do you know who Abe Froman is? Who is Abe no. Froman? No, I don't. Thought Warriors, go to Reddit and tell Rachel who Abe Froman is. Don't look it up, Rachel. Don't Google it. <laughs> Dang it. Abe Froman. She has to go to the Reddit to find out who Abe Froman is. Okay, that's great. By the way, that's a huge accomplishment. Uh, it's a much, much smaller sort of uh, fraternity than the stars are. Mm -hmm. Like you have to be the top of the top of the top of the top of the industry and movie history really to get that. So shout out to Regina, Regina King. That's actually a great one. There's been some talk about sponsoring uh, Unexpected Ally of the Week. And if they ever sponsor it, we're going to have to actually come up with one every single week. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. What percentage would you say that we come up well, with You one? know I love a good sponsor. So yeah. I would, yeah. I'd find, <laughs> if we figure it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> All right. Take your thinking caps off, but do not stop learning. That is enough higher learning for today. I am Van Lathan Jr. And I'm Rachel and Lindsay. Goodbye. Bye, guys.